motherhood, it doesn't look the same for any of us. But you know what? All of us are carrying around our own baggage. Whether it's helping your children with autism or anxiety, living with chronic illnesses, surviving from abuse in all of its forms, or feeling depressed and stuck in our lives. Girl, I've got you. We're going to talk about all of those things. You know what else? We are also going to talk about super fun and nerdy things too, like historical costuming or sewing, minimalism, hair and makeup, gaming, DIY projects, motherhood, friendhood, is that even a word, and homeschooling. But mostly, you are hopefully going to see Jesus in the mundane, in the ordinary. You are going to realize that you are an important and beautiful creation. So, let's get to it. And thank you for coming to Nesting with the Early Birds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite show ever that you've ever heard. (laughs) I'm your hostess, Shannon Early, and this is another episode of Nesting with the Early Birds. You guys have been with me as I've talked about the different stages of life that my children are going through and my family is going through and how we all fully rely on God. And something super duper happened to us recently. I will start from the beginning, but basically we found out when my son Luca was 18 months old that he did not have just one heart defect, but two. And I know so many people out there in the world have children with very severe heart issues and my heart goes out to you. No pun intended. I can't even imagine having to live with this invisible illness that your children have, this invisible scary ninja that they're living with all the time and worrying about their safety and their health and their life, their longevity, all of it. I can get a glimmer of that. You know, I have had a glimpse of that with Luca's heart condition and Luca's condition was congenital, which means he was born with it. And we had no idea Until one day, of all days, we were going to have his eczema doctor check out his skin and make sure everything was okay. And as the doctor listens to him with his stethoscope, he says, You are aware of Luca's heart murmur, right? And I said, No, excuse me? And then he said, Hold on one second. And he listens again and he goes, Hmm, let me go get this other stethoscope. And he goes and he leaves the room and he comes back with this stethoscope that has all these high-tech looking digital numbers on it, something like that. And he listens and he goes, yes, your son absolutely has a murmur. It sounds very muddy in there. Scared me to death. And we end up going to the cardiologist um, at the VCU Children's Hospital of Richmond. It is an awesome hospital. I've talked about them so many other times. They are the jam. But we go to get it checked out and it turns out that, yes, Luca did have what they call a decent-sized hole in his heart. He also had another congenital heart defect that apparently 25% of the population has and has no idea called a patent foramen ovale or oval, ovale. It's a PFO, patent, P-A-T-E-N-T, foramen, F-O-R-A-M-E-N, ovale or oval, it's O-V-A-L-E. So we just found out that our son, you know, at this time had two heart conditions that we never knew about. And the reason that it sounded so muddy in his chest when the doctors were listening was because his heart was just swishing around all the time. It was swishing when the blood was going in and when the blood was going out, which is obviously 
not at all what you would like to happen with your child. So I'm just going to quickly go over with you guys what the first hole that he had in his heart was. So first of all, your heart is made up of different tissue. There's muscular tissue, and then there's basically membranous membrane tissue, that really thin tissue. And this is what your heart is made out of besides having the four chambers. Well, the condition that Luca had was called a ventricular septal defect, also known as a VSD in the heart baby community. And it is basically a hole between the right ventricle and the septum of his heart. And I can explain that to you a little bit. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what the Mayo Clinic has to say about a VSD. And I'm actually talking on my brand new microphone in my bedroom with my brand new computer. So we'll see how this goes. So this is from actually the CDC.gov, okay? A ventricle septal defect is a birth defect of the heart in which there's a hole in the wall or the septum that separates the two lower chambers or ventricles of the heart. So this wall is also called the ventricular septum. And a ventricular septal defect happens during pregnancy if the wall that forms between the two ventricles or the chambers doesn't fully develop, and this leaves a hole. A ventricular septal defect is one type of congenital heart defect, which again, like we said, congenital just means it's present at birth. In a baby without a congenital heart defect, the right side of the heart pumps this oxygen-poor blood from the heart to the lungs. And the left side of the heart pumps oxygen-rich blood to the rest of the body. Basically, it's making your lungs grab more oxygen, right, by putting the the poor oxygen blood to the lungs. That's my guess. I'm not a doctor, but it makes sense to me. And the rest of the blood goes to our body. But in babies with a ventricular septal defect, the blood often flows from the left ventricle through the ventricular septal defect into the right ventricle and into the lungs. This extra blood being pumped into the lungs forces the heart and lungs to work harder. Over time, if not repaired, this defect can increase the risk for other complications, including heart failure, high blood pressure in the lungs, which is also known as pulmonary hypertension, irregular heart rhythms called arrhythmia, or stroke. And There again, stroke, you guys. Like, my mom had that stroke in November. It was terrible. And it was called a left basal ganglial hemorrhagic stroke. And it could have killed her. It should have killed her. But the Lord is letting me keep my mom. Only he knows why, and I'm thankful for that. But what he ended up having was a muscular ventricular septal defect. This is a hole in the lower muscular part of the ventricular symptom, septum, and it's the most common type. I had no idea, actually, as I'm reading this. I had absolutely no idea that it was the most common. I always knew he had a VSD. I just honestly didn't know until doing the podcast that there were four different types. So there's also a conoventricular <laughs> Ventricular septal defect. That's a hole where the portions of the ventricular septum should meet. Then there's the paramembranous ventricular defect. This is a hole in the upper section of the ventricular septum. And then an inlet ventricular septal defect. It's a hole in the septum near to where the blood enters the ventricles through the tricuspid and mitral valves. It also might be part of another heart defect called 
an AVSD or atrioventricular septal defect. So it looks like in different studies I was reading, it said that about 42 out of every 10,000 babies born have this septal defect, this VSD. So it's about 16,000 babies each year in the United States that have a VSD or one in every 240 babies in the United States. So Luca is definitely a rare little jewel and I'm so uh, excited that the Lord has used this situation to really bring us closer to God and closer to our family and we already love our children, but obviously when there's the risk, um, a very serious risk of their health, it makes you love them, you know, that much more. And basically the causes of these guys are actually unknown. So some babies might have these defects because of changes in their genes or, you know, chromosomal chromosomes. Um, also, they might be caused by things like risk factors, right? Like, so maybe something that the mom comes in contact with in the environment or maybe a medicine or something the mom eats or drinks, something like that when she's pregnant. And oftentimes these are not even diagnosed until after a baby's born. And it basically talks about the ventricular or septal defect influences what symptoms might be present and whether or not a doctor hears a heart murmur during a physical examination. So even though the signs might be present at birth, they might not appear until well after birth. So if the hole is small, it will usually close on its own and the baby might not show any signs at all. But if it's large, the baby can have symptoms like shortness of breath, fast or heavy breathing, sweating, tiredness while feeding, or poor weight gain. And I will tell you that even though the doctor did hear a whooshing sound during his physical exam, it wasn't until he was well into his 18th month, which means, you know, those first 18 months, no doctors had even heard it, and that was very frustrating. Or maybe they weren't listening for it. I'm not really sure. But to know that it's supposed to have already been closing, that was really stressful to me that he still had this issue. And basically, the, some doctors can hear a distinct whooshing sound, which is called a heart murmur. So if a doctor hears a heart murmur on you or your children, they can then request more tests to confirm the diagnosis. So the most common test is an echocardiogram, and that's an ultrasound of the heart. And it can show problems with the structure of the heart or how large the hole is. It can also show how much blood is coming through that hole. And when we found out that Luca had this, you know, I'm sitting there that day at the heart doctors, and I'm just watching the ultrasound tech or the person performing the echocardiogram just going over and over and over what seemed to be the same areas. And I texted my husband and said, babe, I am definitely not a heart doctor, but I think I see a hole, you know, and that's scary. And when Luca was in my baby, <laughs> when Luca was in my baby, when he was a baby in my belly, I remember that they kept doing different tests on him too. And they kept looking at his heart a lot too. When he was a baby, I have a feeling that he had this hole when he was inside of me and growing, but I think that they thought it would close, you know, pretty soon after birth or something. And basically, there's different things that a doctor can do. Our doctor decided that it would be best to wait it, wait it out, basically, like keep it getting checked out every year, see if there was any symptoms, that kind of thing. And I was getting worried because 
we had gone to the pool and Luca was completely frozen. Like his lips were blue. He was shivering to death and chattering and nope, his teeth were chattering and none of our other children seemed to be bothered at all. And even as a grown mom, you know how you get like way colder than you used to when you were a kid, you know, it didn't even bother me, the water. And so I started getting really worried and, you know, he's tired. He's also is our child that has the growth hormone defect. And so I started thinking, I wonder if these things are connected, you know, like I know low weight gain is a problem with a heart problem. And I had a child friend, a childhood friend growing up that I remember playing in the pool with her. Her lips would always turn blue and her mom would yell if she were to be in the water too long. And, you know, she ended up passing away from a heart defect when we were in about fourth grade. And so I already had these thoughts, I guess, going on about Luca. But depending on the size of the hole or the symptoms, the doctor might recommend things like a cardiac a cardiac catheterization or open heart surgery to close the hole. After the surgery, the doctor sets up regular follow-up visits and all this stuff. Some children need medicines to help strengthen their heart muscle, or maybe they have to lower their blood pressure, or maybe they have to help their body get rid of extra fluid. And some babies will end up getting really tired while they're feeding, and they won't eat enough to gain weight if they have a VSD. And that's also why it's great that you get these regular checkups when you're a new mom. They need to make sure your baby's getting that weight, girl. It's not just to know about your breast milk and if you're feeding them adequately. It's really, hey, is there anything else going on with this little baby chooch, you know? And so we knew that Luca had the VSD, which we just talked about, the ventricular septal defect. But then he also had what's called a patent foramen ovale. Oval. I don't, I need to learn how to pronounce that word. I have no idea. O-V-A-L-E, oval. I don't know, guys. So this is a hole in the heart that doesn't close the way it should after birth either. This one's pretty cool because most people, this thing closes, right? But 25% of people, that's one out of four, probably has this and they're walking around, they have no idea. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's bananas and it's basically this flap if you were to look at your heart at the very tip top of your heart, it's this little flap on the top and it's basically there when you're a baby, right? This flap, because when you're inside your mommy's belly, you don't get oxygen through your lungs the same way, you know, that people do when they're outside by breathing. You get this oxygen rich blood from your umbilical cord. And so there's this little flap there. And basically what happens is that when you come out and you start breathing air, because there's the pressure of the blood now uh, being moved through different ways to your body to get the um, oxygen-rich blood to your body, this forces that flap shut. But for some reason, it stays open in some people. And it even says on the mayoclinic.org site that it's literally unclear what causes this to stay open. They think that genetics can play a role, but they really have no idea. So we find out that Luca has both of these, you know, complications, right? That's crazy. Thinking he had nothing and all of a sudden, boom, he has two little hole defects. Scared us to death, man. It was such a dumb news. And I hate to say it, but I was thinking, I already have two kids with autism. Like, what in the world? I thought I was going to have one baby that did not need to go to the hospital like all the dang time, you know? But we ended up bringing him back to the VCU Children's Hospital after all of this swimming was making his lips so blue and I was freaking out. 
we go into the thing and he gets his echocardiogram and he was so cute. You know, he's three now and he can speak, you know, just enough to let us know what's going on. And he brought a special blankie. He literally calls it special blankie. And the lady was like, you know, you need to lay really still when we test you. And this test is like an hour long, guys, because they're going through each and every chamber of the heart. They're looking at the top, the bottom. I mean, it's bananas. They're looking at the blood flow, the rhythm, all of it. And this little babe, my son, is laying on the table and there's this older Korean woman who's doing the echocardiogram and she just keeps looking at him being like, I love you. I love you, little boy. I love you so much. And she kept saying, this is the best child I've ever seen, which, you know, as a mom, you're like, thank you. It's all because of me. Yes. (laughs) And he was just rubbing his special blankie and she's like, you know, you can hold on to it. Just don't put it on your chest. So he laid there as she put on all the different jelly on his chest and got him all situated. And I texted my husband and I was like, I know I'm not a heart doctor, but I think he has four holes now. (laughs) It turns out I was absolutely incorrect. He did not have four holes. I was right the first time, let's be fair, when I said I think he has a hole in his heart, I was 100% correct. This time I was incorrect because God is so good And that VSD little sucker has closed. Praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Am I right? Man, when we got that news, it was like, the doctor comes in and tells me, and actually we, it was medical students that told me, and I said, I'm so sorry, I just don't believe you. And I was feeling like hesitant to believe it for some reason, because I thought, if this is true, then I don't have to worry about my son's heart and I know as a Christian, we're not supposed to worry, but you know, I need to take care of my son, right? But I'm thinking if this is true that he doesn't have this problem anymore, then I can breathe a sigh of relief and know that it's okay if I don't stress about his heart, you know, or make heart doctor's appointments, goodness. So they sent the head doctor in and the head doctor says, yeah, it's true. I don't see anything. He still does have... The PFO, the patent formula, blah, blah, you know, that one. He's got that one still. Um, But they said, you know, he's probably, he could have that the rest of his life. And they reminded me that a quarter of people have that and not to worry. So that's, you know, that made me feel really good. Just knowing like, okay, this is a thing. Um, Other than that, though, I'm just like super proud of my son. And I'm super thankful to God And my prayers go out to any of you moms or dads that have children with heart defects. God sees what you're going through. He sees your struggle and he loves you and he cares for you. And he, he hurts when you hurt. I mean, he cares for you in a much deeper way than um, some of us remember at times. And he's with us. He's with us when your baby's getting that echocardiogram and he's with you when you can't pronounce the word patent foramen ovalala. Anyways, thank you for coming back to Nesting with the Early Birds. I'm your hostess, Shannon Early. And remember, God totally loves you all the time. I'll see you next week. But if you want to see me sooner, remember, you can check me out on Facebook. I have a page, Nesting with the Early Birds. Or you can check out my website at www.nestingwiththeearlybirds.com or email me at nestingwiththeearlybirds at gmail.com. And remember, early is spelled E-A-R-L-E-Y. See you next time.